So you guys have no idea how excited I've been to get to preach this morning. So lean over to your neighbor and say, fasten your seatbelt. Steve's excited. (laughs) So watch out. You know, I, I say this just about every week, but I think I need to keep saying this because this is important. I get really excited when I read a passage of scripture that I've read 150 times before and something new pops out. Sandy, Friday morning, how, like that Friday, okay, class, what is Friday morning or what is Friday? Sandy's day. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know, Fridays are my day off. And so Sandy and I sit at our kitchen table and we drink coffee for hours in the morning and we just sit and talk. And I was, I was like coming up out off of my chair telling her what I learned new. Uh, I guess I'm probably acting like a little kid or something, but I was so excited about something new that I saw. And I'd read it and read it and read it, but this is the first time that I read it this way. And so I can't wait to share it with you guys. So here it comes. It's, it's in the middle of today's sermon, so I'll tell you when the time is here. So anyway, so uh, I'm getting, well, you might be able to tell just because how excited I get. So I'm going back to our our series in Ephesians. And uh, we've come through the Christmas season. Uh, last week, we, we heard some awesome testimonies. Weren't they great? Man, that was just, I, I told everyone who shared, I'm like, holy cow, that is exactly what I was looking for. Exactly the testimonies I wanted to hear. And uh, it's pretty cool how the Holy Spirit uh, works that sort of thing out. But in, in the book of Ephesians, we saw Paul, he's, let me just do a little bit of... Uh, review here for us. Paul wrote this letter to, to the church at Ephesus and it reminded them a couple things. He said, look, you need to know that you're blessed, you're chosen, you're redeemed, you're forgiven. All of those things have been lavished upon you. He said, you know, there's three incredibly important things that I continually pray for you. Number one, that you know God. Not that you know about Him, but you know Him personally. A personal relationship. Number two, that we have a hope in our inheritance. And an expectation of a life marked by the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. After that, we explored grace. Grace, the ultimate leveler, the unifier, the the thing that is available to every one of us. Grace. God's grace brings about oneness and peace. If you remember the statement that I made, God's grace takes us and them and makes it we. Grace levels it out. There's no longer us and them. It's we. It's, uh, it's, it's all of us together. We're one. Then we got to one of my favorite chapters of my favorite books in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, because it contains, I believe, one of the most powerful prayers in Scripture. And we looked at Paul's prayer that we would grasp God's love. We'd be filled with God's love. And we would be so filled that when we encounter others, His love spills out on those around us. And after that, we got to a subject that I I talk a lot about it. Paramount importance to us. We have to, have to, have to embrace as individuals and as a church. And that's the subject of oneness. Being one in our differences. One in mission, one body, held together with one ingredient. And that ingredient being love. And when I look back at that, and I started to think about what I wanted to preach, this being the first Sunday of a new year. And typically a pastor preaches new beginnings or 
you know, New Year's resolutions or what changes are we going to make in the coming year, but I knew I wanted to go back to Ephesians. The Holy Spirit worked that out. Because when I got to the next little passage of Ephesians, it talks all about new beginnings and changes. And so I got pretty excited at that point. So one of the things that I'd like us to address is we're looking at a new year in front of us, and we all took time, and we said, you know what, this is one thing in my life that I want to change this year. Will you pray for me? And I hope you guys took that seriously. I hope you prayed for each other, and I hope you continue to pray that for each other. There's something that I think we really need to look at when we talk about New Year uh, changes or resolutions. I mean, how many of you have made resolutions before? Come on, be honest. Probably a lot of us have. Most of us have. We look at the new year. We take a moment. We make some evaluations. We look at our spiritual lives. And it's really important for us as we do that kind of thing, we need to understand something. The first scripture I want us to look at is 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Hopefully I gave that to you guys. Yep, here it is. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. In the original language, this actually says David strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself. Now look at 2 Timothy 1, uh, 1, 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The, the spirit God gave us did, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Notice what is being said here. David facing incredibly difficult times. He's looking around himself and he feels like he's alone. He feels like the whole world is against him. Being betrayed in all of that, it says David chose to strengthen himself. He chose not to give in, not to give up. Same way with Timothy. Paul says, you, Timothy, fan the fire. Fan the spark that is in you into a flame. You see, we might long to get into better physical shape. We might look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to lose a couple pounds. We might look at the Bible sitting on our coffee table and say, you know what, I ought to pick that up and read it. We might say, you know what, I I probably ought to pray more. I ought to work on my prayer life a little bit more. Here's the deal. Going out and buying a treadmill doesn't help you lose weight. Looking at my Bible and thinking, I ought to pick it up and read it doesn't help me here comes something incredibly profound some of you've heard me say it before if you're going to make some changes in your life you need to make some changes in your life profound right in all of this i have some personal responsibility i actually have to get on the treadmill I actually have to say no to my mom's amazing otherworldly peanut butter fudge. She makes it. And I used to sit and I would eat it till I was sick. Since Christmas, I have had two tiny pieces that took amazing (laughs) intestinal fortitude to say I'm not going to keep eating that peanut butter fudge. But I have to choose that. I have to choose to pick up my Bible. I have to choose to start a conversation with God. Changes don't just happen. We can ask God to change this and that about us, but if I am actually unwilling to do something myself, 
if I am unwilling to invest in those changes, it's unlikely to happen. So let's say we make some changes. How many of you have started out a new year with a new devotional book? Many of us have done that, right? I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray every day without fail. I'm going to start this diet. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to do all these things. And come about March, what, what's happening? Right back where we were, right? Maybe even in a worse place. Well, let's get into Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 19. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, so we'll come back to that verse. So how do you lose sensitivity? Paul says they've lost their sensitivity. You've probably heard the example. If you throw a frog into a boiling pot of water, what's he do? He jumps out. But they say that if you put a frog in a cold pan of water and slowly warm it up, he'll go, oh, this feels kind of good. Sort of a hot tub. And he hangs out until he doesn't realize that it's boiling and he dies. Why is that? He lost all sensitivity. He doesn't know the heat that's there. Sometime, uh, a long time ago, uh, well, probably not a long time ago, there was this Casting Crowns wrote a song that called a slow fade. Are you familiar with that song? So in, in my Bible, at some point, I, I was um, reading this and I wrote in my margin, slow fade. That's what losing sensitivity is. We, 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 um, we say, you know what, I'm going to just cheat on my diet today. I'm just going to, I just don't feel like exercising today. You know what, I'm too tired to read my Bible. I'm too tired to pray. I'm going to fall asleep anyways. I'll catch up with God tomorrow. I'm too cold to go to church. I've got too much on my schedule to go to foundations class. And what happens is, just for today, turns into another day. And another day. And another day. You know, Sandy and I, you've heard some of, some of my testimony. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, I still went to church fairly regular. You know why? Because my parents expected me to. But then we got married and moved an hour away. Guess what happened? Boy, I sure don't feel like driving to Chambersburg to go to church. We should look for a church up here. Yeah, we'll do that next Sunday. Man, I'm really tired. Do you feel like going and looking for a church today? Nah. Next month. Hey, you want to go out to breakfast? Eight years later, we went back to church. Our slow fade went from going to church every Sunday to going out to breakfast, to sleeping in, to going for a hike, to going on a drive, to whatever. Eight years we were unchurched or dechurched. Slow fade. It happens. We have to take personal responsibility. And that just for today turns into just for a week or a month or a year pretty quickly. Sometimes we think, you know what? The process seems too hard to make changes. There are too many obstacles. It takes too long. And those of you who were here Wednesday night, 
you heard one of my favorite phrases multiple times. You can probably repeat it with me. I said it enough times Wednesday night. If you want to make some changes in your life, don't let the process derail you. Too often we let the process derail us. It gets too hard. It gets uncomfortable. It gets too monotonous. I'm not learning anything new. I don't see any results. And we quit. Don't let the process derail you. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes an element of stick to It's a word because I made it up. Don't let the process derail you. Okay, let's go back to Ephesians. And we ask the question, okay, how do I make these changes? Let's see verse 17 again, just by itself. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. We need to change our thinking. Let's look at 22 to 32. There's all kinds of things in here. Uh, let's see. Put off your old self. Uh, be made new. New attitude of our minds. Put on a new self. Uh, put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. Go on to the next one. Uh, in your anger, do not sin. Uh, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Uh, whoever's been stealing must steal no longer. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building up of others. Uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander. Be kind and compassionate to one another. There's all kinds of changes that we can make in our lives here that are listed verse after verse. We need to think differently, okay? So you used to think this way. Now you need to think this way. You need to do things. You used to do things this way. Now you do them this way. You used to speak lies, speak truth. When you're angry and you used to go out and do something awful, now you don't. See, there's this whole list of things here. And What we're seeing here, in my opinion, are two different natures. Two different natures. The first, the sinful nature, is the one that kills and destroys. It tears down. It divides. The new nature, it builds up. It brings life. It unites and brings about oneness. There's without a doubt two natures. And if you go back to my my first point today, we have a personal responsibility in this. We have to be committed to the process and we have to understand something fundamentally important. I think it's in your notes. The nature you starve dies. The nature you feed lives. You got this? If I am constantly feeding my old nature, it thrives. If I am constantly starving that old nature, it dies. Feed your new nature. What does that look like? It looks completely different than what my old nature used to look like. You guys with me on this? This is really important. Paul goes on to give us examples of how we feed the new nature. Uh, You don't give in to greed. You don't give in to obscenity. Um, Be thankful. Thankful of God's amazing grace. So, So the question I asked this morning, as we're looking at making changes in our spiritual life, it's a simple question. What nature are you feeding? Look at your life. What nature do you feed on a daily basis? Now get this. Poke your neighbor and make sure they're awake. This is really important. This, this is the part that got me up out of my chair Friday morning. I'd read this before and I never read it this way. Ephesians 5.8 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children 
of the light. Understand that what we used to be, we are no more. What were we? Notice that it doesn't say we had darkness around. Go back to the verse. It doesn't say we did dark things. It didn't say we had darkness around us. It didn't say we had darkness in us. What does it say we were? Darkness. Darkness. But now we are what? Light. Here was my epiphany. It doesn't matter what my actions were. I was darkness. Once I accept Jesus as my personal Savior and my nature has changed, what am I? So listen, people who haven't accepted Jesus are what? What if they do good things? People who have accepted Jesus are what? What if they do bad things? You with me? How much do we attach to our actions when we identify ourselves? You see, if I'm a child of the light and I do something wrong, that doesn't necessarily make me dark. I'm still light. Yes, I made a mistake, but my identity is light. My identity is Son of God, beloved Son of God. Roll this around in your head. Yeah, Jamie said, I got to roll this around. That's right. See, I didn't get this before. I, I, asked, I read this as in my actions make me dark. No. Life without Jesus makes me dark. Life with Jesus makes me light. Yes, I still make mistakes. Yes, dark still do good things. The difference is Jesus. We heard those testimonies last Sunday morning. The difference is Jesus. He takes us out of darkness into light. He takes me out of my old nature into my new nature. And so identity, my identity is light, not dark. My identity is not the things that I, can, that I mess up on. Because we all mess up. Even when I mess up, my identity is light. Whew. Okay, I don't even know where I am in my notes. One final point I'd like to make. Paul implores us here to be children of light. And here's why. Some of you have noticed that in the last six to eight months, I've lost some weight. Why did I do that? Why do we make New Year's resolutions? Why do we make changes in our lives? I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. Well, the easy answer is for me. Let's face it. 30 couple pounds lighter, I feel healthier. My feet and ankles feel better. My knees feel better. I, I have more energy. I sleep better at night. So the easy answer is I do all those things for me. But there's a different reason why I chose to lose weight. For her. For him and wherever my other two sons are. Why? Because I wanted to be healthy for them. I want to be around for them. I, I want to be around for my eventual grandchildren someday, many years <laughs> down, the, down the road. Yeah, that's right. Way down. I, I'm not near old enough. 
So Paul is admonishing the folks at the church of Ephesus to feed their nature. And yes, it's for them. It's for their health, for their growth. But there's more to it than that. Paul's admonition to put off falsehood, to speak truth, to think differently, to be honest, not bitter, not angry, not looking for a fight is for a reason. Look at these verses. Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Look at verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Look at uh, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Build up others. Be kind and compassionate to others. Walk a visible, public, sacrificial life of love. How do those who are still darkness discover the light? Through children of the light. It's us. That's us. As we look forward into this new year, it's important for us to do self-evaluation. It's important for us to look at some things that might need to change for our benefit and for our growth. But it's also important for us to realize it's not just for us. The changes that we make go way beyond us. As children of the light, we have a responsibility to carry that life, to carry that love, to carry that example into the world that we live. We don't just change our lives, but we rock the world around us in the process. To me, that's motivation. That's motivation to make changes. Sell out to the process. The process of feeding the new nature and allowing it to grow. Allowing it to become light in a dark world. And I believe, as you hear me talk about this, if you don't know this is my heartbeat by now, you haven't been listening. But I believe we are called to change our world. Not all of us are going to be Billy Graham's. Some of us in this room, I bet, God might call to do that, have that kind of ministry. But I can promise you this, every single one of us are called to be light in a dark world. What nature are you feeding this morning? What nature are you going to choose to feed in 2018? Because you know you have a choice. It's up to you. So who's with me? Who's willing to say, you know what? In 2018, I commit to the process. I commit to feeding the new nature and starving the old nature. I embrace the fact that I am a child of the light. Willing to walk out the new nature for the world to see and witness. Who's with me? You in? Who's willing to stand and say, I'm in? Father God, as we look around the world that is immediately surrounding us, we realize that we do live in a dark world. But we're not afraid of that dark world because the light lives within us. In fact, your word says we are light. 
And so, Lord, I pray that we would be committed to living out the process of starving the old nature and feeding the new. And that in the process, our light would shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And the world around us would see that light and would be drawn to that light as a beacon of life. Lord, I believe we're going to see this year opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for us to share the name of Jesus. And I believe that He is going to come and heal our land because our hearts are turned towards Him. Father God, I surrender my life to You. I surrender the spring to You. Come, fill us with Your light. Fill us with Your life. Again, Father, I have full expectation of seeing mighty things this year. And I fully expect to see revival in our city. Because I know that's what your heart is. And for me, I say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Go rock the world.